Tony Randall. Well, they didn't hit the moon with the first missile shot either. And Thelma Ritter in the most sparkling sexcapade that ever winked at convention. Bedroom problems. At least mine can be solved in one bedroom. You couldn't solve yours in a thousand. Hear Doris Day sing these hit tunes with an assist by rock. I'm yours tonight, my darling. Possess me. I call him Yaya Rolling, Rolling, Yaya Rolling, Rolling, Yaya Rolling, Rolling. Are you getting out of that bed or am I coming in after you? He wouldn't dare. Pillow talk, <laughs> pillow talk, another night of hearing myself talk, talk, talk. Wonder how it would be to have someone to pillow talk with me. I wonder how, I wonder who. Pillow talk, pillow talk, another night of being alone with pillow talk. When it's all said and done, two heads together can be better than one. That's what they say, they, all, they always say. Do you know what never happens in this movie? Pillow talk? Yeah, isn't that like dirty talk, essentially? Well, it's 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 supposed to be like that con the conversation no, not necessarily, but the conversations you're having when you're both like in bed and it's bedtime and you're just talking. Welcome to movie on I'm Bob Sham. It's like super intimate. I'm Angela. The sounds you hear well, there's an echo. The scenery is a little different. <laughs> We're transitioning some stuff. The sound may be a little echoey. We'll see. I'll have to figure it out. Uh, as much as I fuck with this shit, I'm still, like, trying to understand it. We're always learning. Movies are gay. So gay. And um, in the 90s, I would have called this movie gay, but I wouldn't have meant, like, it was gay. You would have meant, like, that it was, was cheesy, this happy. This movie is gay. Uh, actually, I'm not saying I'm... I don't hate this movie. I think there's charm to this movie. Yeah, it is. And there's a reason I picked it, which I'll get into in a minute. 
But that theme song, and I recall like movies of this time that are like comedic, mm. often had like corny songs Absolutely. surrounding it. Yep. And this Doris Day song, which the film also stars Doris Day, this shit sucks ass. That song is <laughs> fucking awful. The Pillow Talk song? Yeah, I was dancing around a little bit because it's nostalgic for me because these are the kind of movies I watched when I was a kid. Mm. I know it's not a good song, but it does make me go like, okay. I mean, the beat's not terrible. The words no, are terrible. It's just like, this is like the, uh, what I don't know what the modern equivalent to this kind of music is. Jingles. <laughs> this, this is what you, yeah, it is like a jingle. It's but a it's, jingle for a movie. It's like a show tune, but dumber. It's like, like a dumbed-down show, too. Yeah, like, movies don't need theme songs. But that's what this is. This is a theme song for this movie. For the movie Pillow Talk. Talk, talk, talk. Pillow talk. It sucks. <laughs> it's really bad. I know, but they wanted to try to give Doris Day something. I wonder. I wonder. Because, again, I don't think Pillow Talk is a great name for this movie. Well, did the song already exist? It was supposed to be called something else that even makes less sense. Hold on, let me... It should have been called Party Line. Party Line. Originally, it was called Pillow Talk, and then it changed to Any Way the Wind Blows, which makes even less sense than Pillow Talk. But then they were like, Any Way the Wind Blows. And then they were like, let's just... uh, That song was not out yet. No, I know. (laughs) And uh, so they went back to Pillow Talk, which is a better title than Any Way the Wind Blows. Yeah. So, some time ago, I brought up Paul Lind, the actor Paul Lind. Yes. Who was um, who was one of the many closeted gay actors back in the day. And, and his wasn't that secret. It seemed like he was a comedian as well. And he hinted his sexuality through, like, self-deprecation and self-loathing. And it was for those reasons why he wasn't, like, lifted to the status of, like, a gay icon. Like, because mm. there was some level of resentment towards Lynn by like gay culture, especially ones that were trying to move it forward. And you can understand why. Yeah, for sure. The more we dig or I dig casually, just looking at like, you know, the story of Rock Hudson, the story of Rock Hudson is this guy who's just, you know, like many people had his name changed and his sexuality was often rumored for a long time. And Mm -hmm. we now know that, Rock Hudson was, was gay. gay. Yeah. He came out and admitted he had AIDS in 1985. Mm-hmm. He was he actually went on Doris Day was on like a Christian broadcasting show. Mm. And she had Rock Hudson come on to the show. And they were I mean they were good friends. Mm-hmm. I was try, I was wondering how deep their friendship went. They genuinely liked each other. They made three movies together. Mm-hmm. And this movie, the movie we're talking about Pillow Talk uh, it costs about a million and a half bucks to make, and this shit made over eighteen million dollars. Oh, like, not, I'm people, not surprised. Yeah, this is one of the biggest movies of nineteen fifty nine. And Rock Hudson, this tall ass dude, hunky, six foot six. They say at one point, is that right? Or maybe six foot. Well, they said it in the movie. I don't know if that's for real. But there's a lot of smoke and mirrors surrounding Rock Hudson. I want to read the books about him. I'm very, mm. I've become very fascinated with closet gay classic Hollywood. Most people were, you know, you had James Well, who was out within the industry, but no one talked much about it outside of it. Mm-hmm. And then Rock Hudson, who was buried deep. And did you know that he apparently, there was uh, something that happened where he and Jim Neighbors had a wedding ceremony. It was supposed to be like a secret. Jim Neighbors? 
You didn't know Jim Neighbors was gay? I didn't. Surprise, surprise, surprise. He came out like a few years before he died. Cause he, cause he was doing like Christian gospel album. Yeah, yeah. For a while. Not that you can't be gay and Christian, because some people are. Mm-hmm. But we know that most Christian people would have probably rejected had they known at the time. And this was, I think this all happened before Pillow Talk came out. And it became this rumor. Mm-hmm. And apparently there were pictures passed around by this older gay couple. They kind of outed them in a way. That's so shitty. To like a tabloid or something. I, I think it was a part of some kind of joke. Like they were making like some newsletter prank. And it ended up being picked up by the media. Am I thinking of the right person of Jim Neighbors? Gomer Pyle. Yes. Okay. I am. Okay. And the backlash was so... I mean, good for Gomer Pyle if he got Rock Hudson. <laughs> for real. Well, fuck it. That's why I was like, hold the fuck. Right. Surprise. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Good pickup there. And uh, But the backlash was so swift. And a lot of... Rock Hudson's agents at the time were so protective of his sexuality that it actually completely broke off their relationship or friendship or whatever it was. And they separated from each other just to protect their careers. That sucks. And a lot of this is being driven by Rock Hudson's management at the time. Around when was that? I think it was in the 50s. Okay, okay. Apparently, a lot of people on set knew about Jim Neighbors being gay. Ron Howard in an interview said he recalled that people would make homophobic jokes about him and amongst the crew of the show. And he kind of grew up remembering that people would trash him for being, you know, so the story of rock Hudson, maybe not quite as dripping with self-loathing as Paul Lind, but with rock Hudson, there's more desperation in trying to hide it. And when he came out with AIDS, when he came out and announced he had AIDS in 85, he did not. He died not too long after mm-hmm. that. In his mind, that was him also coming out as gay. Yeah. Without saying it. His life must have been so... In a way, it's it was kind of his choices. Like It seems like when you look back and you read through the cliff notes of his life that there were these moments where maybe he wanted to be a little more open, but the fear of his career and the fear of his perception shut that down. Yeah. And it cost him relationships. And as much as he may have been manipulated by outside forces, and you understand the nature of the times, he does have to bear some responsibility for the way he may have treated people close to his life. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, he chose his career. Yeah. He didn't have to. He could have walked away. But he was super famous. And there was probably a lifestyle that he didn't want to lose. And... There was a lot of pressure. And I'm not saying he didn't feel pressure and that that can't be really strong because a lot of people were making money off him. Yeah. You know, if all of a sudden he's gone, a lot of people are out of work on the next movie they were supposed to make or his agents, you know, whatever. And so I'm sure there was that too. But at the end of the day, if he was like, yeah, I'm gay. And if you don't want to cast me, fine. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to go get, I'm going to go live with my boyfriend and be happy. Somebody like a Rock Hudson is more tempting to the tabloids than Mm -hmm. a James Well. Yeah. Well, and someone who hides it and someone who's put on a pedestal as being like an example of man. A hyper-masculine, good-looking man. movie posits that women can't see straight in his presence. Yeah. Like, literally. Just at the sound of his voice. Yeah. Yeah. Alma, the maid, love her. Mm. Drunk all the time. 
I love that Doris Day, what's her name, Jan, makes a Bloody Mary right before her housekeeper gets there every day for her housekeeper staying over. She was the funniest but one. But they don't talk about it. It's just so cute because you think at the beginning, you think she's making it for herself. Thelma Ritter is uh, almost. She was there. brilliant. I, I've seen her before. She's a great character actress. Mm. Uh, she was wonderful. But yeah, she's in love with him just based off his voice. He sings to him and he has this song that he changes the names. But these women literally see him and they are calling him. They're begging, can I just come make you dinner? Can I just come over? Will you just sing me a song? It's like crazy. I look like I'm recording from a juvenile detention center. Why? It's just bare back walls. Uncle Baby Billy's behind you. Uh, oh, your head's you blocking him. him. Am I block? Oh, there he is. You are blocking Uncle Baby Billy. Uncle Baby Billy. I mean, Rock Hudson and Doris Day were really close. I'm not sure if she knew he was gay. That's unclear. Because I was kind of like, how deep was their relationship? Was it like John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John deep? Because they had a super bonded friendship. I didn't know that. After Greece. Uh which kind of lends it to like, you know, there's always been rumors that John Travolta is gay. And I don't know. Allegedly, it kind of seems like he's gay. That seems more towards the gay camp to me. Fair. Because it'd be easier to hide it if he also just was like, yeah, I like to hook up with well, women. Well, he's married. Too. Yeah. I'm just saying like he did go that route. Maybe he thought <laughs> about Rock Hudson when he uh, it's not conceived my... his children. <laughs> Rock Hudson's a hunk. People are on the spectrum. Most of the time, they're not completely one or the other. Like, you're not completely straight or completely gay, right? Mm. It just depends on where you fall. Like, maybe he's, like, 25, 75, so he found a lady, handsome woman, and he's happy. Look, I'm but just, who knows? I'm making a guess, and I'm sticking by it. I know. So. I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I think you're correct. Uh, I have a really strong feeling that that's the secret tape that the Scientologists have on him. You can't. You, you can't be in the deep heterospectrum mm -hmm. part of it and love Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just joking. Maybe she was just a nice person, Bob. Yeah, they were, um, they were great friends. Yeah, they, totally. But that, that actually warms my heart. I didn't know they were such good friends. I don't know if Doris Day and Rock were like that, but they had a chemistry, they no have, doubt. You could... It, you could feel the chemistry watching this movie. They And I've seen other movies with them, too, when I was a kid. I mean, I know of them as, you know, kind of a pair, you know. Yeah, yeah. And maybe she did know, because also... Apparently, all their movies also co-star Tony Randall. I love Tony Randall. And you know what? You young do? Tony Randall? Should I not? Is he bad? No, I don't know. Okay, I enjoy him. Like I, I don't. Know, you just are. Are you're usually in extremities with uh, these stars in terms of how you feel about them? Well, if I just liked him, I probably wouldn't say that I. I wouldn't say like I liked. Well, maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah. Well, whatever. If, if the last movie you saw someone in when was see, decent, you're like, I love him. Listen, when I see Tony Randall. It makes me happy because I know whatever he's doing is going to be enjoyable. Like, I wouldn't say it makes things all of a sudden better, but I grew up watching these movies with him in them. And so seeing him on the screen, I was like, oh, Tony Randall. Like, you, I got you, excited. You kind of know more about these older comedies than I do. It's like most of what I watched when I was a kid. Wow. It was like this kind of stuff, Frankie Avalon, Annette Funicello, um, all the old Elvis stuff for sure. Also James Bond, which is different Westerns, but it was all old, like... It was like the only thing. Live and let die right around the corner. I cannot like, wait to watch randomly Live and generated let die with review. you. Randomly generated review. Apparently, it's in Africa or something. 
I don't know. I can't tell the difference between them because the titles don't mean anything. You know what I mean? Like they're all just like yeah. The, they're all the song. They're titles of songs. But like it's it's. But I can't remember them until they start. But I know I'll know it when it starts. But I'm excited that your first true James Bond is going to be Roger Moore. Well, because the, that's my favorite. James I Bond. know the song "Live and Let Die." Paul McCartney. It's good. It's a good song. I like it. Live and let die. We haven't really talked much about the movie in and of itself. I don't want to linger too long about it. Fair. I mean, it's a pretty simple story. They share a party line. Which is crazy because they don't even like live near each other. It's not like they wired up the the, the apartment building to be on the same phone line or something. Yeah, it's they're like, different. They I have assume, the same phone number. I assume they were in the same building. But they're not because later he has to like, walk across town with her in his arms. And there is, like, a cab that goes from, like, one apartment to the other at one point, too. So, like, you know they're not. But that's bizarre. So they have the same phone number. So whenever she tries to make a call, he's already on the line singing to some girl. So I was looking up, like, reviews of the time mm. of this movie. Like I said, it was a very big movie. And a lot of people, the, the consensus seemed to be probably not so far off from mine. That very charming Rock mm-hmm. Hudson and Doris Day. Absolutely. I don't understand this plot. It's because I, I just assume that maybe they knew more about what that meant. Like, it's so out of time, right? Having a party line that you share, like. Well, they kind of explained it when she went to the phone company. Well, what's the explanation? That they, that they were still. Seemed like a faulty issue. Well, they were saying that they were laying more phone lines. So I'm wondering if it's like a new company came in and took over. I don't know. But they were saying that she was going to get her own phone line, but they had to like create more phone lines like i don't know timeline when this was that everyone had a phone in their house whatever but like there was something going on where eventually you will but right now it's going to be at least a month is what they told her did they have the same number yes they had the same number and so she could get one faster if she had an emergency and he goes and she's like what would constitute an emergency and he goes well if you're pregnant and she's like well as a single woman i don't want that kind of emergency which i thought was funny mm. but also yeah like i would just be like well then i'm pregnant just say so who gives a fuck get your fucking phone yeah. whatever um but i we we lie to corporations sometimes so rock hudson uh is a songwriter and a womanizer and a womanizer and he taught and he apparently is dating a lot of different women and on this party line there he she'll doris day will pick up the phone and hear him croon these women with the same song that he changes to have a different name in it once in french yeah it's and, hilarious and that her maid also likes to listen in on the call and is in the love with him and so doris day is uh she's a shrew she's an older unmarried woman so she i would not is call all her dried up. no sir very she much dates. no she dates <laughs> Well, Tony Randall is the millionaire who can't get in her pants. He's trying to marry her. But she talks about at one point, she's like, I'm happy. I like my apartment. I like my life. I like my job. I date nice men who take me out to nice dates. She just hadn't found anybody that was worth giving up her independence for. And honestly, like, you should not call her a shrew. She is a feminist. Uh, Oh, this is this is is a feminist movie. I thought I was, you know, it took you a while to call a movie a feminist movie. It's been 
And well, finally, we got back to it. I know. I kind of got out of it a bit. I wanted to see how you could assert that any movie we watch is feminist in some way. I think I tried once and it went badly. And I was like, I don't need to try to pull this out unless it comes to me naturally. But <laughs> if it comes to me naturally. So good old uh, Doris Day is trying to split the phone time. Yeah, she says, I get the hour to the half hour. You get the half hour to the hour or vice versa, whatever the fuck. Because she needs to make very important business calls. And Tony Randall's trying to get in her pants. He needs to call her. So he's on a date with a lady, a Southerner. And he realizes through names getting thrown around at this restaurant that the Doris Day character is the woman on the other line. We also find out before this that Tony Randall is his boss. He's a songwriter who works for Tony Randall. And Tony Randall's at his house talking about Jan because he's in love with her. He figures out that Tony Randall is dating Jan. And Tony Randall says Jan's gorgeous. So he's like, oh, fuck. Now i got to see this woman. And right. then he figures out he's at the restaurant with her. And then, he and then he embellishes this southern accent that does not maintain very well. No, but he knows that if he's himself and tells her who he is, that he she's going to immediately reject him. But he really needs to get to know this woman. Actually, he really needs to fuck this woman. He decides really early on that he's going to give it like six dates. Mm. He's like, this is a six dater. So, six dates till I get in those pants. So he's pretending to be some rich guy from Texas. He owns a mountain. He owns a mountain. <laughs> when she's at home, he's calling her as himself and being like warning her about him. Like, oh, will he do this, this, and this? And then as the Texan, Rex. Stetson. Yeah. He, which is the best name. He does the opposite of what he tells her. He makes her think he's going to do the skeevy thing, but then he does something sweet instead. You know, movies are gay, and this one had some, you know, what we know about Rock Hudson. It's almost like uh, just putting a spotlight on Rock Hudson in particular for the Movies Are Gay month. Because, like, the movie as a whole, maybe not that, it's not necessarily gay. You just know that there's elements in it. Yeah. But there's a part where he's trying to, like, warn her over the phone as himself. Oh, come on. You mean he didn't try to get you up to his hotel room? Yes, he took me to his hotel room. Uh-huh. He showed me Central Park. And then we left. And nothing else? Nothing. Hmm. That's even worse than I thought. Worse? What do you mean worse? Oh, well, uh, must I spell it out? Either you're not telling the truth, or, uh... Or what? Well, there are some men who just, uh... Well, they're very devoted to their mothers. You know, the type that likes to uh, collect cooking recipes or exchange bits of gossip. Ooh, what a vicious thing to say. Oh, I hope I'm wrong, but, uh... Don't you think you better make sure? You are sick! Because he hasn't kissed her yet. Yeah. And... He's putting it in her mind that maybe he's gay without saying without it. Without saying the word so gay. So that she will come on to him. Yeah. He's manipulating he, the fuck out of is her. Is he close to his mother? You know? Yeah. Like that. Does he like to cook? Is he close to his mother? So they go to this restaurant and he kind of plays it up a little bit, but he kind of does reassure her by kissing her for the first time at this restaurant. But doesn't uh, Tony Randall yes. figure him out at this point? So basically, Jan goes to his office at some point and tells him that she's in love with this Rex Stetson guy. So he hires a private investigator to find out who the fuck is Rex Stetson and so that he can break them up. That's his whole plan is to break them up because he wants to marry her. This, she would be his fourth wife. Mm -hmm. One of which was an exotic dancer. Yeah. Uh, so he's had not the luck with the love. Uh, and I wonder why. Very too forward. 
but he like beats you down until you marry him is kind of the deal. None of no one is none of his wife's wanted to marry him until they married him. Interesting. So he's got uh, eight million dollars and no one wants it. Yeah, he's like, I'm so rich and I'm handsome, and why don't you want me? Well, because you're a leech. He's hired this private investigator, and then when he sees the photos, he knows who it is because he works for him. So he gets the private eye to follow them to know exactly what restaurant they're at. And they're at this piano bar. They're at the piano bar where they've just kissed, and they come in, and he's like, I've got it from here. And she goes to the restroom. He goes up to Rock Hudson and he's like, he just looks at him and he's like, basically like, you've been found out. And Rex is like, how long do I have? And he's like, you have about two minutes and you're going to like break up with her right now. Tell her you're going to Connecticut. Yeah, and go to my house in Connecticut. You have to leave town for like, you have to go there and write. Because he's supposed to be writing these songs. So Tony so, Randall fucks off and then Doris comes back and he's doesn't do that. Well, he, he does, but he says, do you want to meet me? And the lady and the lady who's playing piano and singing has overheard the whole thing. So as they're getting up to go, she starts singing a song about You lied and be sorry. You And he just smiled and he winks at her. That was a very charming scene. So sweet. Because you knew she also liked no knew the woman. She knew Jan's name. Like Mm. they talked a little and she like had Jan sing a little bit. That's how you get the song in with her. Also, as they talk in there, you can hear their thoughts sometimes. And she thinks in her thoughts on the way to this place. So Tony packs him up and thinks he's leaving. Oh, there's also a lot of split screen. With the talk conversation, when I was a kid. I fucking loved that. I bet. Let's just assume that Brian De Palma, who does split screen all the time, took it all from Pillow Talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pillow Talk changed Brian De Palma's brain. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um. So so yeah, they pack him up, and Tony Randall, you know, packs all of his music because mm-hmm. he's supposed to be writing, and then gives him his car and sends him off to go to Connecticut. And his idea is that he's going to go and comfort Jan because she's just been broken up with and they'll get together. Well, instead, he goes and picks up Jan and takes her to Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And they're sitting by the fire. They're making out. Something weird happened, though. They're, like, making out. And then all of a sudden, she pulls away. Yeah. And, like, pushes away from him. And maybe she's just trying to debate, like, am I actually going to fuck this guy right now or should I make him wait longer? I don't know because it doesn't really explain it. But then he goes to, like, get more firewood. And... That's when she picks up his coat because she's kind of being real cute. And she like puts his coat on and is like hugging herself and the she, music. Falls yeah. Out. The sheet of music that he sings. And she knows the song that he she plays because she's heard him play it over the phone. And she realizes then that that's the guy that she claims to hate this whole time. And you know, what was so clever about this scene is that she's plucking out the piano. He walks in, she realizes it. They look at each other, and she just storms out of the room. There's no, like, you tricked me, you did that. It was so clever, because she went door closed, came out with her suitcases, and that's when Tony Randall shows up, and then he figured out what happened. And she's like, take me home. And And so, and that weird scene where they stop at the diner. Oh, yeah, she can't stop crying. And he's, they're sitting at the diner, and there's these dudes there, and he's like, I hate to have to do this, because she won't stop crying. And he slaps her. And then that's when, like, the dudes get up at the bar, good for these guys, 
and they deck him like in it the was mouth. Great. It was like what? That was a weird scene, but like at least he got his comeuppance. I liked it. I liked it. I think he, for all that, he deserved a punch. So they had this plot. Oh, she's an interior decorator. That's yes. her job. So Rock Hudson, after that incident, Tony Randall's like, I don't know if I really want to marry this girl if she's not gonna like be cool with me slapping her in public and. <laughs> Well, she's obviously in love with his friend, and she's not getting over it. Right. She just couldn't stop crying. He thought he could comfort her, and she would fall into his arms, but that's not what happened. So Tony Randall's like, you just hire her to decorate your apartment. He also thinks that she won't fall for it, though. He also just wants to watch his friend suffer because he's suffering. But it, but the, the job comes through with her boss, and the boss can't do it. Of course, he's, <laughs> he's in, in on, on it. it. Yeah. And the boss is like, well, I don't want to put you in this position, and I just don't have time to do this job. And then she's like, no, I'm a professional. I'll do it. So she shows up, and, and Rock Hudson has, like, I can't remember his name, has, like, switches that locks the door. He's got, like, a Matt Lauer door where he hits a switch. You, know you know about Matt Lauer? You he's No, you the, said this, and I have a kind of. Matt Lauer, he got me too Yeah, yeah. Some years ago. Did. And he worked for, like, NBC. Like, he was a. Uh, a new a news anchor on. He ended up being on like one of those Today Show. Yeah, he did shit like that. Yeah, but he had an office where he would tr he could trap you by flipping a switch and it would force the locked door. And he was uh, who fucking and he had a that and shit. he had a reputation for being like this skeezy guy, That's overtly so overt with women. And he and he got and he got canned. Well, so I'm glad he did. I knew he got canned, but I didn't know the whole story. Um, so in this, he does have this, he slips a switch that's on the back of the couch. The Matt Lauer switch. Place, we'll call it the Matt Lauer switch. it locks the door, and you can't get it open because she has to flip the switch to unlock the door. Mm. Um, and the lights go down, and a record goes on and starts playing romantic music. And he's mad. And the bed flips out with the another switch. And he loves her, so he's mad embarrassed about all this. Yeah, he's like, I don't want this anymore. I want this to be a place that you would feel comfortable in. And she's like, okay, I'm going to change this whole place. You need to go away for a while. So while she's decorating and he's gone, he's going through all his little book of women. It is like three pages. And of he's like telling them like, I'm up. in love. I can't do this anymore. I got to go. So he's trying. He's actually trying. He really wants her to redo his house to be a place that they could live together. Yeah. That's what his goal is. And he's going to ask her to marry him. So, of course, she's just trolling the fuck out of him. Oh, my God. Like and, and he comes carpet. into the apartment, and it is like the gaudiest... Fertility goddess. <laughs> it's the gaudiest decorations you've ever There's seen. There's like a heart-shaped bed or like a round bed. or like a, a funky-shaped bed in the corner that's like the middle of the living room. Mm -hmm. It's insane. It's so insane. And he gets pissed. Yeah. Because she's not there when he looks at it. He goes in and actually Tony Randall opens the door first and then slams the door and is like, don't go in. <laughs> Do not go in. And he goes in and he sees it. He's so pissed. He goes to her house. Mm. He pulls her out of the bed. And, oh. She's wearing a full turtleneck and long pants to bed on this night. She has a nightgown on at the beginning of the movie, but I was like, yeah, the one day she wears a turtleneck to bed is the day he pulls her out and prayers her across town. That yeah. was weird. Uh, this is also when we realize that they're not in the same building. Like, okay, they're like, definitely not. Because <laughs> it's like, how are your phone lines getting? Okay. But also makes sense as to why he'd never seen her before. Because you'd think if they were in the same building, they would have seen each other in the elevator or something. What's the modern version of Pillow Talk? Is it constantly getting added to the wrong group text or something? I think that's it. Mm, yeah, You don't have maybe. to think about it too hard. I just wanted to make that. Uh <laughs> 
So so he carries her to the apartment. How does she realize that she's just kind of fucking with him? Okay, so what happens is, well, no, she was mad at him. She was getting him back. But what happened was all the way there, she's like, put me down. Don't do this. You're embarrassing me. They get to the door and she says again, like, put me down. And he's like, no, the groom carries the bride across the threshold. And she goes starry eyed. What's the fuck? What the fuck is that? Uh, what did they call it in Hotel Transylvania? She gets the zing. Right, right. And she, she's like, bride? Bride? She didn't know that he Not wanted so to marry her. Not so feminist anymore, are you? I mean, listen. I mean, that's always the thing with these movies. It's like, I'm an independent woman. Until you swoop But I need that feet. man. I need that man. Well, and, and, and like, no big, I mean, whatever, but. Yeah, so then he's yelling, and he's like, and you did this, and I wanted this to be perfect, because I wanted you to be here, and I told you, I wanted you to be comfortable, and she's just going, bride? What? Who bride? What bride? Who's bride? And finally, she runs up to him, and he sees that she's now the magic in word. love with him. The he magic says the magic word, word bride. and they kiss, and... And then we together. and then we go back to that. Well, there's like a gag. Three months later, three months only. Oh, there's also this gag where like oh. this this doctor thinks that Rock Hudson is the first man to ever be pre impregnated with a baby. I don't. Even, I don't even want to. I don't even want to get into the the weeds of how that joke happens. <laughs> but there's a doc. There's a subplot that where this doctor's office thinks that Rock Hudson. Is the first man to ever become pregnant. Mm -hmm. So he keeps trying to hunt them down. So when he comes in, he's it's three months later only. So they've gotten married, I'm assuming at this point, and he's running to Tony Randall's office because he has big news. And the the doctor comes out and sees him and he's like, they're like, come into the office. And he's like, let go of me. I have to go. I have news. I'm gonna have a baby. And he's like, I know. I know. <laughs> and, and that was like the throwaway joke at the very end of the movie. And then we go back into that. Horrible fucking song, which Pillow goes, talk. which goes a little something like this. So we're gonna hump this movie. You're gonna give it one through five. I'm gonna give it one through five. Combined for best out of ten. Yes, I'm feeling I'm feeling like a three point two five. I feel like we're uh, kind of on the same page. I thought it was fun. I feel like we're on the same page with that. I think uh, like a little over a three is is a good uh, mm -hmm. is a good one for that. So I, I, I'm going to give it also match your three point two five. So that's a six point five. That's a B tier movie. I, yeah, I think Pillow Talk is actually a quintessential B tier movie. Absolutely, it might even be higher than that if it wasn't for that song. You know, <laughs> that's right. Pillow Talk directed by Michael. Gordon. Michael Gordon directed Pillow Talk. Uh, it is between Cocaine, it is above Cocaine Bear. Fair, good. And under Hotel Transylvania. Okay. Hotel Transylvania is fun. I loved it. I still, one of these days I'm going to watch the other ones because it was, it was fun. And also below Scream 6 and Guardians of the Galaxy and Naked Gun. And so there you go, folks. All we do is talk, 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 Pillow Talk. This is our last week for Movies Are Gay. Aw. But get ready, because we got more coming. And this ode to Rock Hudson that we did for this feature, maybe a preview uh, for, I've already scheduled out like a lot of movies no. a year in <laughs> advance. So it's kind of a preview for next week's movie, or next year's Movies Are Gay, where I maybe, it's, in terms of the classic movies, may want to explore 
that closeted self-loathing side of uh you know i more paul in be prepared for paul in next year and uh but good old rock hudson and maybe another rock hudson selection next year as well so that would be awesome and maybe rock hudson will show up before the end of the year i don't know you, you never know so doris day do you think doris day was hot i feel like she seems she just comes off a little stuffy to me. I feel like Doris Day is like a handsome woman. Yeah. Cause she's very like straight laced, kind of girl next door, but when I heard that she was on a Christian broadcasting network show in which Hudson appeared in the eighties, it's like Doris Day going full Christian talk show. That doesn't surprise me at all. The first thing we did was think about our guest list. And I said, I had to have Rock Hudson as my first guest. So I called him. And he said, Eunice. That's what he called me. Don't ask me why, but he, he said, whenever I think of you as Eunice, it makes me laugh. So it was okay. And he said, I'll be there. You can count on me. And that was the truth. All his friends, and there were so many, could always count on Rock Hudson. As I reflect on his arrival in Carmel, I can only tell you, my friends, that it was a heartbreaking time for me to see him. He didn't talk about his illness, not one time. He just said, Eunice, I've had the flu. And I can't gain weight. And I said, you've come to the right place, my darling, because I'm going to put weight on you. I'm going to force feed you. And we laughed. Well, like I said, this movie made $18 million. That's amazing. That is equivalent to like uh, today. If uh, Imagine any rom-com making over $100 million. That's, the, that's yeah. the equivalent. It's really interesting when you look back <laughs> on old hits and how the, nat- the nature, the types of movies that became hits were just so different. We're well, we're well past those times where a movie like Kramer versus Kramer could be like a number one movie for like right. five weeks, you know? And we just uh, just don't have those days anymore. I feel like the only way you get a rom-com up to that kind of money is literally if it's like starring Taylor Swift. Maybe, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And she could sing her version of... Hello, top. I think maybe like crazy rich Asians got kind of close. That but, did. I but was it, trying to think of something where people want to go for the person even more than for the movie. But even then, I think I think the key to it is like you're just not going to see it coming when it happens, right? Right. And, but when the studios find it, you know they're going to beat that trope to death once they think that that's what you want. Yeah. Pillow talk. All we do is talk, talk, talk. Check Pillow the show talk. notes. Check the show notes for links and other places to find us. Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors.